All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, how are you doing this lovely Tuesday evening? I'm doing good. I mean, we actually have football that we're going to be able to watch on TV this weekend, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. That's always nice. Yep, we have the, the first preseason game against the Packers. Um, yeah, uh, you and Jack came over and swam this weekend. It was nice to be able to get the boys together again for the first time in a while. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Dude, your backyard is nice. Like, you are definitely living the life. Your Uh, backyard is nice. You should see it now. You should see it now with all the bushes and trees and grass Oh, you got the landscaping done? Yeah. Makes a huge difference. Oh, I'm sure. Um, But, yeah. Um, So, oh, and I, I also bought season tickets today. You did? I did, yeah. You broke down and you did it. That's I did. exciting. I mean, yeah. I stand by what I said. Like, Parker's at that – your little boy's at that age that it's just, you know, regardless of anything else going on, like the memories, he's not going to remember if the Texans are horrible. He's going to remember going to the football game with you. So, yeah, 100%. the hardest part will be not getting upset while you're there, but that's another yeah. story entirely. We'll worry about that when we need to. Um, and I guess I'll just stay at Ruben's with my with Parker every time I come in. I don't have go. family anywhere else, so I guess my grandma's there. But ugh, that's gonna be yeah. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But I can't imagine ten games driving, hotel potentially the night before, food concessions, you know whatever else may be needed for the trip. But it'll be fun. Yeah. No, we're a couple of years away, and then maybe, maybe, just maybe, if everything was going on, you know, outside of football was a little bit better. Because, I mean, if you go look at the PSL marketplace right now for the Texans, like, if you want to be able to buy season tickets, buy your PSL, I mean, I know we have issues with management, but at the same time, right now is really the time to do it. Yeah, by the dips, not the dicks. It's just the way it works. And that is very much a true story right now. It like is PSL, I, I, like, dude, you can get a PSL license for $250. Last really? year, last year, like, you couldn't even dream of it being that low. I don't even know if there was 10 for sale. This year, there's about 100. Well, they're, they're, Texans have some, too. Um, the lowest priced PSL is $1,000. Oh, wow. Um, highest I think was six thousand. Uh, but I didn't do PSLs. I don't really care to get into that at all. So, um, I just needed to be able to ensure I can buy season tickets whenever I want. So now I can. And you're also. So now set. we got to figure out what game we're going to, John. I think that depends on a lot of different factors. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. It's funny because. Um, my daughter's birthday is October 7th. Uh, part of her birthday present is going to the Galleria and shopping. And then that Sunday going and seeing J. Cole, I bought us floor seats to go see J. Cole. No kidding. And that day we play the Patriots. So she'll be going to the Patriots game with me. So it's like a really cool 
weekend that ended up uh, ended up working out. To be honest, uh, Mo is right. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. You guys know you come here for quality content. Um, quality content, quality takes, educated takes, uh, and entertaining takes. And you're not going to get them from anywhere else. Let's just be honest. Anytime you chime in to 610 or anywhere else you go, um, all you hear is about Deshaun Watson. So nobody's talking about the team. Nobody's telling you, except for Sarge and Brandon. Uh, Those are the only two that are really talking about the team. But outside of that, everybody else is throwing a temper tantrum right now about how David Coley and Nick Serio won't answer any questions about Deshaun Watson as if they have to and as if they should. Well, I mean, do they necessarily have any answers right now? Like, who's to say that Casario, when he said every, there's a lot of moving pieces, who's to say that that's not correct? Yeah. I mean, it could be one of those situations where they both just kind of sat down and it's like, listen, with everything that's going on, like, we're not going to get the return. And I, you could, I bet you, you could almost play into Deshaun's ego. It's like, do you want to be known as the guy that was traded for this versus the guy that is traded for this? It's like, let's get through this year, let everything work itself out, and then go from there, like almost like an Aaron Rodgers type deal. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know what is going on or what the plan is. I still stand by my statement from last week. I don't think he plays for the Texans this year. I really? know there's lots of conspiracy. I know everybody's thinking that uh, this is the long game that they're doing right now and that the he's had conversations with Nick and, at practice and he's had conversations with Coley and he's signing autographs and throwing them back into the stands and all that stuff. I, I still, I just can't see it. He's either traded or he doesn't play. I, if he, I, don't. I, I stand by my statement that if he plays this year, it's for the Texans. Um, there's a good chance that I'm wrong on that. I, I, I get that. But the only way that I feel so that I could be wrong is if Nick all of a sudden decides that he's going to trade Deshaun at a discount. And I just can't see that happening. I think it's almost one of those situations where you just kind of roll the dice and see what happens versus taking pennies on the dollar for a 25 year old quarterback that arguably top two, um, at this point, like, I mean, we, we've talked about it at length before. There is no trade package return that is worth trading a Deshaun without legal baggage. There's absolutely none. And right now, you've got teams that are trying to even undercut what you would get for a Deshaun without legal. And I mean, you can't blame them. Like, if you think you can get a franchise quarterback, for pennies on the dollar, you try, but let's be honest. Like, I think that Nick Casario would just rather ride it out, see what happens versus trading Deshaun away for literally nothing. Like that's he's, I'm sure they are very well aware in the building about what our reputation for trades are. Like the Texans are always going to get ripped off. And I'm sure that that, that bothers them. Yeah, the only thing that has me thinking that my statement is 100% wrong, and I'll be the first one to admit it, you know, if that does end up being the case, if, if he does play, I'll, I'll sit here and own it 100%. The 
The only thing it, right now that has me somewhat second guessing it is Charles Robinson's report. And the only reason that I hold any weight to anything that Charles Robinson says is because he is in Houston. He's lived in Houston. He has contacts um, and he does know things. And if he says that the Texans are, are, are trying, are holding out hope that he could potentially be their guy still, um, then, you know, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some truth to it. But the only thing that makes me hold back a little bit um, is that both parties still have to agree on that. And that's, that's, that's the only thing the Texans may want that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Deshaun wants that. Um, And so that's like, that seems to be a part that people tend to miss is, you know, Deshaun really has to be down for staying. Well, if his option is stay and play versus not play at all, like Deshaun doesn't have any say in this matter. The Texans have to want to trade him. He signed his contract. He can refuse to play. And then, you know, that that'll hit him and his paycheck. I mean, or he fakes an injury like he already started. Which I mean, even, right even there, out of David Mugaletta. Well, even there, like, at that point, the Texans can contest whether or not he was injured and not pay him. So he can – and, I mean, honestly, like, granted, everything that's come out this year, like, we don't really – we all have to admit Deshaun's not the individual we thought he was. But when it came to how he talked about football and being the competitor that he supposedly wants to be, like, I just can't see him taking a dive. But we've seen the competitor already quit. How has he quit? Like, what do you mean? How hasn't he quit? I mean, we, we've seen him. We've basically seen him quit. If not, he would be in training camp. There wouldn't be a discussion of first team reps for anybody else. It would be a hundred percent guarantee he's here. So he did quit. He turned his back on the city. He turned his back on the organization. If that wasn't the case, then Tyrod wouldn't have been signed. Davis Mills wouldn't have been drafted. And he would be the presumed number one quarterback. But that didn't happen. So now we're paying $12 million for Tyrod, wasted a third-round pick on a, on, a, on a quarterback, and Deshaun is not the guy at this point. So he did yeah. quit. And, I mean, that that's fair. I, I see where you're coming with that. I mean, at this point, though, he hasn't gone out on the field and re- refused to play. Like, yeah, he's fussing about a minor injury, but who's also to say that him not getting reps this week was something that was already discussed because he wasn't at um, OTAs. Say that again. He wasn't at um, OTAs since he didn't show up to the optional training. And Cully and Casario came in and said they're going to reward the guys that were there. Like a lot of the stuff with Watson right now, they could be honestly just holding him to it. Like, you didn't show up, so you're not getting reps this week. And he may be out there pouting. And that might be him out there pouting. That might be what this is all about um, this week with training camp. Like, we really don't know yet. But I think if that he didn't quit, wouldn't he have been at OTAs? Well, he was throwing a fit. But that's, I mean, w- wouldn't he have been there for his team, right? Well, those Another... are options. I mean, those are options. They're, they're optional, right? But where else outside of a you know 15-year vet quarterback – did guys not show up for OTAs? 
And again, I'm not saying that that's, I'm, I'm saying that's a fair point. He should have been on OTAs. Like, but you see players skip OTAs all the time. Yeah, you do. All I'm saying is, is he quit. He did quit. Because if he didn't quit, he'd be the number one quarterback. There would be no, there would be nothing else. If none of this happened, he'd, he'd be the guy. We wouldn't even be having the conversation we're having now. I just, honestly, it just comes back that I don't see Nick wanting to be shortchanged on this trade. And the situation that we're in, like, there's, there wasn't a fair trade to begin with. And now with all the legal complications and all that messed up, like the return that you would get for Deshaun right now is nowhere near what it should be. And I just can't see Casario going through that. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I still don't buy it. I'll, I'll buy it when he's the only quarterback taking first team reps. Till then, I'm not going to put any thought into Deshaun Watson being on this team. And if if he is, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Starting quarterback week one, and if he is, I'll just be pleasantly surprised and happy. Not happy for him. I'll never root for the individual. I'll just root for the team. Um, mm-hmm. I won't buy a Deshaun Watson jersey. I'm, I mean, I'm not a jersey guy, anyways. But I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to buy his brand or support his brand or anything like that. I won't root for him individually, but I will root for the team's success, and he plays a part of that. But um, until he comes out and shows that he's not guilty for any of the things that he's being accused of, um, there's no reason for me to support an individual like that. But outside of Deshaun Watson, I guess we'll, that'll be our little 13 minutes of Deshaun Watson conversation. Um, let's get into training camp because I think that there's a lot of things that people um, want to hear about. So one, let's start with, I think, the camp star that's not a camp star but is a camp star um, in Roy Lopez. What are your thoughts on everything you're reading from uh, everybody about Roy Lopez? Way too optimistic. Um, however, it wouldn't be the first time that you find a nose tackle late. Uh, DJ Reader was, what was he, like a fifth or sixth round pick? Um, so these guys have this reputation as being two down players. So they fall in drafts. So any other position uh, player like Roy Lopez with his talent level does go higher. But the nature of the position he plays, it's undervalued. He falls. So with him, everything out of camp says that he is going to get significant uh, playing time this year if he keeps it up. Um, I think that it'll be, at this point, it's hard for me to say because we got to see, we got to see the preseason games. Granted, in years past, you could almost take preseason games with a grain of salt because they see everything they need to say during practice. Like preseason games, aren't what get players on the roster. They sometimes can be tiebreakers, but ultimately coaches have said over and over again, it's more about practice than the games itself. However, I think this year with the amount of turnover that this roster has, this is the year us as fans, granted, this may be the most exciting part of the season for us because we're going to get to watch these guys and see these battles and actually see guys competing for roster spots at preseason games. And Lopez, like, I don't think we're watching him to compete making the roster. Like, he's competing for a starting position. Like, that's the hype that is coming out of training camp right now. 
that this guy is out there. He's the best zero tech that we currently have on the roster. And I mean, I want to see it. I hope it's true. Yeah, and, and Houston Football 3 mentions, you know, DJ Reader was a six-round pick. Yeah. Um, and he's right. He's right. So, um, you know, I, I love – I like the pick of Roy Lopez. I saw him in person. The dude is a, a man amongst boys on the field. Um, he, he is just this behemoth of a man. Um, and it'll be definitely interesting. I mean, you also got to think that, um, you know, there's not a lot of competition at that position specifically. So – um, it's good that he's able to make a name for himself. I'd love for him to start. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about all the draft picks, to be honest with you. When you when you kind of break it down, Nico Collins, great. Uh, Brevin Jordan looks like there's a lot of potential there. Roy Lopez, um, you know, Davis Mills is a is a project guy. But um, either way, all the guys are performing um, in camp, and that's really all you can ask for out of out of your rookies in training camp. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it's kind of funny that the only rookie that seems to be struggling is the first one that we took. Um, Nico Collins is apparently just lighting it up. Brevin Jordan is apparently better than we expected as a receiver, and everybody had high expectations with him as a receiver. But word is he's been very bad at blocking. Um, Amenihu has just been having his way with him. Granted, Charles Amenihu is the guy that you pointed out that you expect this year to take a leap. So putting him on Brevin might just be unfair. And we maybe shouldn't judge Brevin at this point. And we just talked about Roy Lopez. And what is the linebacker's name? Garrett. Why am I forgetting Garrett his Wallow. name right now? Garrett Wallow. He, he at least had an interception. That's really the only thing I've heard on him. But all the, all the, um, all the linebackers that are currently in camp, the fact that he did get uh, an interception, I mean, that sounds out. Yeah, I, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I think uh, with I mean with blocking, we've seen it over the last three years with every rookie tight end we've drafted. Um, blocking NFL guys is totally different than blocking anybody in college. I mean, you're going up the best and and, and strongest. So um, you know, at least he had the self awareness to understand that those, that's an area he needs to work on. But uh, I there, I don't I can't think of a time where a rookie tight end has come in and been able to hold his own. Um, as a blocker. So Charles Aminu should be able to blow by him. Yeah. But, I mean, it also sounds like all of the uh, tight ends are having a great camp. Well, the four that everybody talks about. So apparently Jordan, Brevin Jordan's apparently having a great camp. Aikens is having a great camp. Then Pharaoh Brown looks like he's the best one out there. Um, so we can see. Um, and then, you know, your favorite, the water polo player. I mean, room, like it's hard, it's part, it's hard, it's hard for me to kind of say these things because a lot of this stuff is what I'm getting off Twitter, getting off what other people that have gone to the, gone to training camps, because I haven't gone, have been saying. But, you know, the top four, it, from what I've heard, it looks like, the top four tight ends are going to make it very, very interesting. And they, and rumors that are, they wouldn't be surprised if we end up with four tight ends on our roster. But when you actually break, do a roster breakdown, numbers are going to get really, really tight. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to Kahale Waring. Um, 
I know with tight ends, it's always tough because you have to wait three years to see what you got. Well, this is year three. So if it hasn't clicked for him, then it's time to move on. The only reason that I had any optimism about him is supposedly he could block. If he can block, us having an inline blocking tight end that can occasionally catch would be an absolute game changer. But Beryl Brown is going out there and he's been able to do that. So it'll be interesting to watch what happens with Warren. Yeah, another thing that'll be interesting is, you know, how are they doing the COVID, you know, with with Delta variant and things of that nature? Is the expanded roster slash practice squad a part of the 2021 season? I, To be honest, I, I haven't looked to see if if that's actually the case or not. Yeah, they have the, extent, they have the expanded roster this year. And they can still protect three players every week? I believe so. Well, that'll be interesting then. Um, that, that's that's good to hear. Um, everybody's coming at me already about Akins. Everybody's a Farrell Brown guy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, you guys have the the media over here hyping up Farrell Brown for for good reason too. Uh, Farrell Brown, we saw it last year in, in in spurts. He definitely has the potential to be an extremely good tight end. Um, Different tight end than Jordan Akins than Pharaoh Brown. Then they're, they're two totally different tight ends. Um, I mean, so you I don't can know really the, say that they play their positions completely. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know if we'll have like a tight end one or if we'll just have like a tight end one A, tight end one B, because um, they do two totally different things. And the only reason I give the edge to Aikens over Pharaoh is the yak ability that Aikens has, especially when you look at the quarterback that he's playing with. Um, Tyrod loves the dump offs and the short intermediate passes. Aikens can run those really quick and can also uh, get open pretty easily as well. Um, we saw him open all of, you know, last year and just Deshaun never threw him the ball. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. But look, honestly, if Pharaoh Brown, if it's, if it's, Lightning and Thunder with with Brown and Akins, I like that tight end tandem. Uh, I think that tight end tandem is exactly what you would look for um, in your tight end group. And then a developing tight end of Brevin Jordan, um, it, it's it's really a, a very unique tight end position. And you, you find yourself to be in a pretty good position. Yeah, I mean, Brevin Jordan, we want him to – if he develops into Jordan Aikens, like you're happy. Like you would think because of Revan Jordan's age that he has a higher ceiling. So, I mean, from the looks of it, if he just develops into what Aikens is like a very solid pass catching flex tight end, then we're all happy. Now, hopefully he can be a little bit more, but I mean, Aikens is a quality player. It's just, he can't block. So it limits the snaps that he's out there. And for whatever reason, Watson never looked his way. But when he caught the ball, he was one of the top players in yards after the catch. He was also one of the top players in separation. So it's just getting a quarterback that looks that direction. However, Farrell Brown, I mean, if he's the guy that can do a little bit of both, if he's an above-average blocker and just an average pass catcher, he's going to have more opportunity. So it's almost – it's a weird argument to have like who's tight end one because Brown's probably going to lead, lead in snaps. Like he really should. Cause he should actually be out there blocking more, 
but Akins should lead in production because he is the better receiver, but he'll do it with less snaps. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because I just can't see him. Every year we'd say, oh, they're going to carry four tight ends. They're going to carry four tight ends. They're going to carry four tight ends. And then they either they usually find a way to not have to carry four tight ends. Oh, well, yeah. And then you saw I posted the, the rules on the expanded roster. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who, who they stash and protect because they can have six players that have more than two accrued seasons. They can have 16 total players, and then each week they can actually protect four practice squad players. So that's that's a pretty hefty practice squad. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's going to – honestly, I think, Col- I think Coulter and Kahale both have a shot at being on, on those lists or on, I, on, on the practice squad. I don't, I'm if not I, if I had to guess Coulter. right now based on nothing but Twitter feeds and other people's observations – I would. That's what I would bet. Um, Warring and Coulter are on the practice squad, but they're going to be protected every week. Yeah, I, I just can't. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, I think Davis Mills might also – if Deshaun is – if Deshaun plays, I would assume Davis Mills will be a, a healthy and active or practice squad guy too. Well, apparently um, – uh, Driscoll hurt his, hurt his elbow today. Yeah, but he Did came right that? back. Yeah, but he came right back. Did he come back? Yeah. Okay. He came right back. Um, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the wide receiving group. What I know we're we're still what four weeks away, right? Yeah, literally four weeks away. Um, just early projection. What do, what do you look? What do you think? Or actually, yeah, we'll go here. What do you think the wide receiver group is going to look like? You know. I mean, Brandon Cooks is, of course, going to be our our primary outside receiver. Um, I want to see Nico Collins. Like, I really want to see. And it'll also be kind of a test on what sort of philosophy the coaches truly have, if they will play rookies, if competition matters more than being a rookie versus a vet, and how much they talk about the little things. Because, I mean, Conley has his history uh, with Cully. Like, Chris Conley, they were on the Chiefs together. They know each other. Um, they've already – Conley already has stories about Cully chewing them out um, before. So that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, if it's based – if it was Bill O'Brien and they were doing it on experience with this exact same roster, like, it's Conley on the – it's Conley and Cooks on the outside. Conley and Cooks on the outside, huh? Yep. Interesting. Okay, and slot. Um, what's the guy's name that they just traded from the Bears? Anthony, Anthony Miller. Miller. Yep, Anthony Miller. I mean, they just traded for him. Uh, he's got all the talent. I think that it's going to be his job. His job to lose. Um. And then, you know, I want to see Erickson, uh, based on what Sarge said, that he's that guy that would be a Patriots mold type player. That's just real reliable. Does all the little things, always catches the ball, always has a little bit of space, but he's not going to blow anybody away. Um, so I want to see how he's used during the preseason. I okay. mean, I, Kiki has all the talent in the world. Like, you know, I, I, I really want Kiki Kuti to make the team. Like, I think that talent wise, it shouldn't be any issues, but he's, he definitely has things mentally going on sometimes. 
And that might've been just the Bill O'Brien thing. Like we kind of talked about it. Like if you didn't get Bill O'Brien, like you just constantly felt like you're in his doghouse, that almost compounded some of the issues these players had. And with Kiki, I definitely could see that. Like with Bill O'Brien being the, the mass hole all the time, being that super intense in your face, yell at you, chew, chew you out. And Kuti just not being able to handle that, which would make things like fumbling the ball more likely to happen when you're that person that's on eggshells. Like you just, you have those mental issues, but he has all the talent in the world. So who, do you think we take five or six wide receivers? None of those guys really stand out as special teamers, do they? Andre Roberts is the only one. So none of those guys that you mentioned, no. I Well, I mean, I don't even consider Roberts as a receiver. He's like, he's no. going to be a special teamer. And I'm when yeah. I say for the other receivers, are any of them gunners? Uh, I don't think so. I, uh, no. So maybe five with them trying to sneak uh, Kiki onto the practice squad. Ooh, you think? Coulter and Kiki, maybe. Interesting. Maybe. I, think they, I think if they carry three tight ends, it'll be six wide receivers. I think they're going to carry a whole bunch of running backs. I would agree. I would agree. So I, think the, the, I think the wide receiving – the wide receiving core will look like um, Brandon, Nico. I still think Kiki actually gets the slot. Conley, Miller, Roberts. That's my expectation. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know anything about Damon Hazleton. He's a undrafted rookie. Chris Moore. I'm not familiar with him. Taewon Taylor was an interesting guy with the Titans. He was a third-round pick, uh, slot receiver, very shifty, very, very similar type of player to Anthony Miller, except actually faster, but not the same like side-to-side speed. Um, he was a punt returner for the Titans. He was a guy, I think it was his second year with the Titans, they expected really good things to happen with him, and then just fell off a cliff. Um, prob- I think he got hurt. And then, oh, then Chris Jordan, I Jordan BC. I, I, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have Conley on my list, so that's gonna be interesting. Hmm. I don't know. It's gonna be kind of crazy. What do you like? What do you think about this? All this uh, stuff we're hearing about Terrence Mitchell as the number two cornerback. Really. I mean, it's it, that's exactly how I feel. Like, really? Like, I mean, he's definitely better than Hargraves. It's not worse. Yep, yep. I mean, Desmond King and Bradley Roby, are they are they going for slot? Like, is that what's going on? No, Bradley's playing outside. Bradley's playing outside? Mitchell's playing outside, and then Desmond so, in the slot. I mean, that would be good news. I mean, based on, I would feel more comfortable with that as our starters versus um, versus who we rolled out last year with. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, outside of week one with Roby's suspension, I feel a lot better about the secondary than I probably yeah. have in the last two or three years. I mean, we, I mean, we have a 
slot corner finally. Yeah. Desmond King's solid in the slot. And then we still we still have Keon Crossan. He showed a little bit last year. He did. showed a little bit. He should have gotten more snaps to see if there was really something there. Yep. Like that's that's one of the big crimes of the Texans last year is just not playing these younger guys. Uh, ter- I mean, Terrence Mitchell has stuck around in the NFL. He's yep. 29 years old. Uh, he started with us. He's been on the Cowboys. He's been on the Browns. He's been on the Chiefs. So you don't stick around like that without any talent. And he's not. This isn't. This isn't a guy that's just going to get toasted all the time. So I mean, maybe. Part of me though just feels a little, a little nervous when we talk about how well our defense has been playing at training camp, because part of me is afraid that that's how bad our offense has been. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think when I look at the secondary group, you have potential guys in King of Roby, um, uh, veteran corner in Terrence Mitchell. You have Keon Crossan and John Reed. They're going to carry another one, so it'll probably be Hargreaves. Um, that secondary group, you know, is – I'm trying to think of, like, outside of the A.J. Bouye, Kareem Jackson years, I really – and J. Joe. Yeah. I, I can't think of a team, a Texans team, that had decent corners on it. Yeah, I mean, my – First, when you look at that, I mean, Roby and King are high-level players. Terrence Mitchell is an above-average player. Crossan, that's a question mark. Hargreaves, I don't buy this, that he looks better in camp. I, I really don't buy this. Like, people keep talking about how, how well his camp's going, and I, I'm no. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. He's a former first-rounder, but, I mean – we we last year was bad for him. He was really bad last year. He was, but, and and the year before. I mean, yeah, the year before. So, I mean, I would say that our average is better, but we don't have the highs that we've had when we had J. Joe. Um, when he J. When J. Joe was at his peak, but and then. Well, Boulier and JJ and Kareem, that was probably our strongest secondary. And honestly, this would probably be right behind it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think um, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I mean, with if they can generate a pass rush, which is really what – I mean, our, our corner – our secondary talent wasn't really there last year. But the fact that you add that to not having any pass rush whatsoever, and, I mean, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. So um, – if we can have just, and I don't see a reason why we won't have a better pass rush just off the fact that we're not depending on one guy to do it. Um, I really like that aspect of this D line. Um, and you have guys that can get after the quarterback and I, I, you, if you could just get a little bit more pressure than what you've done really over the last two years, um, you should have a better performing secondary. Um, so well, that's I, like I'm, the conversation you and Jason Braddock had 
two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, I think, when he was talking about that that was the time to get rid of both Clowney and J.J. Watt. Yeah. Instead of trying to rely on high-level pass rushing, you can com- you can commit or you can create pass rushing by committee. And he pointed out a couple of teams that had done it that they didn't have one standout guy. They had a lot of different guys just getting four or five, six sacks instead of one guy getting 10 plus. So if any defense that we're going to have, I mean, this one has, looks like that potential. Like you don't have the one guy that you're going to double team. Um, and then other than, I mean, Jalil Johnson and Roy Lopez are really just the only two guys that are just huge, big bodies on the defensive line. Everybody else looks more like athletes. So you've got, I think you can really put together a pass rush this year. Yeah. I oh, I'm sorry. I, I miss, I miss Malik Collins. He's over 300, but Blacklock, he's 290. Minihu is like 280. Yeah. So for the most part, we've got three, maybe four guys that are over 300 pounds of those three or four guys. Let's be realistic. Three, only three of them are making it most likely two, depending on how they're going to go with the defense. So it's going to be a smaller defense that you're going to have to rely on a lot of different guys just attacking. Well, and, and maybe we'll actually see Jacob Martin regularly get Put, like have snaps on in pass rushing situations. You know, that would be nice. Don't ask him to cover. Just put him at defensive end. I mean, he's undersized for a defensive end, but um, who was the, who what, the guy on the, uh, the Colts that was undersized um, spin move master. Oh, um, I always said he was on. Uh, uh, yeah. Undersized, undersized. He made a career sacking the quarterbacks. Like just tenacious. Like I'm not saying that that's what Jacob Martin is going to turn into, but I'm also point wanted to say that you don't have to be this massive defensive lineman to make an impact on yeah. in a four three defense. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Saturday's first. Oh, well, before we get into the preseason game uh, and expectations of what we're looking for, sixty people in the live stream and only two likes. That's so disappointing. That's so disappointing. Just hit that like button. It's right above – it's right below where you're watching. It's a quick thumbs up. That's it. Um, all right, so let's get into preseason expectations uh, and, and the first game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, what are the things you're looking for? What is it that you're – what are your biggest things that you want to take away from this first preseason game for the Houston Texans? The, I want to see how the linebackers shake out. I mean, pretty sure Zach Cunningham, you know, he's going to play. Um, they keep talking up Christian Kirksey as the quarterback of the defense. So he's, he's going to play. And who's going to be the other off the ball linebacker? Who's going to, how's the defensive line going to look? Like, I'm really curious to see how that switch from the 3-4 to 4-3 is going to work. Um, very, very interested to see how they use the receivers. I don't know how much playing time that Tyrod Taylor is going to have. Um, 
but I am interested to see however many snaps he plays. I'm not really interested in seeing Driscoll. Um, I don't, I don't think that he even makes the roster to tell you the truth, but I could be wrong. And just seeing a little bit more out of Davis Mills. Like I hope he gets the, the majority of the snaps because he needs playing time. Like he, he just needs playing time. Yeah, you know, the linebackers are a group that it's really kind of hard to talk about because there's so goddamn many of them. There's so many linebackers <laughs> that it's like we know Kirksey's going to make the team. We hear Garrett Wallow's doing well. You have the guy, Paul, blah, 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 with the long name who's making plays. You have Zach Cunningham. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting. For me, the biggest thing I'll be watching is I think you're right. I don't think Tyrod Taylor plays much at all. I would expect him to take, you know, maybe the first drive or two. After that, I would assume it's going to be Davis Mills season for the rest. Of, I'm hoping for the rest of the game. Uh, there's just no reason to play Jeff Driscoll. Just put Davis Mills in the game after you take Tyrod out and let's see. I want to see him have a series with the starters and then I want to see him have, you know, the rest of the game with everybody else as there's just no other reason to play Jeff Driscoll. So Davis Mills is a big one. I want to see Nico. Um, I want to see him against true real cornerbacks. I want to see if he's able to uh, use his size in this league against top tier corners. Um, I'd love to see what the running backs do and kind of what the run scheme is. Um you know, I don't really care about who's getting, you know, RB1 or RB2 snaps. I really just want to see a fundamental sound run game. Um, I'm interested in seeing the play calling between Tim Kelly and the input of Pep Hamilton a little bit. Um, I'm interested to see what this lovely defense looks like from a scheme perspective. Uh, I, I want to see Lonnie at safety. I know we're not going to see him a lot, but I'd like to see Lonnie at safety a little bit. Um, John Reed offensive line you know I'd love to see uh, Tyrod Taylor protected extremely well on those first two series and see who's playing where on offensive line uh, that's probably like those are the biggest things I, I'm looking to take away from this game it's the first one so there's not much to really take away from it um, but it, and we won't have an answer to every question. That's just not how this works, but, um, it'll just be fun. One to have football two to see, um, you know, who plays and three Davis Mills for me. Like, I, I, I really want to see Davis Mills. I know, like, I know there's a lot of people and I'm, I'm not saying he's a savior in any way. Um, I just, I would like to see what do we have? What do we have mentally from Davis Mills? Um, no, I definitely agree. And he needs as many snaps as he can possibly get. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to touch on the running backs a little bit, I think that this season we're going to have very much like a Patriots style running back, running back room. Like we're, you don't really know who the starter is. You don't know who's going to get the most snaps from week to week, but it would be interesting to see how it's going to shake out. Um, like, again, it's, they keep saying Mark Ingram's having a great camp. But what does that really mean? You got to see him against, you really got to see him against another team, I think. Um, 
I haven't heard anything about David Johnson. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, Philip Lindsay apparently is all that's advertised. Like we should be excited about him. Um, I've heard a little bit about Scotty Phillips. Like it's going to be a shame that if we let him go, that's the exact quote that I heard. If Scotty Phillips isn't on this roster and somebody else picks him up, that's going to be an absolute shame. So there's something to see out there. And I mean, granted, we got to remember what preseason games, what do they mean? Like Buddy Howell had a hell of a preseason game last year where you would have thought that he earned himself snaps here in the regular season and he never got any. So this year's definitely going to be a learning year to see how our coaches actually treat these, treat these games. But I have a little bit of hope because Cully, when he was approached about why the Texans aren't, aren't participating in any joint practices, said that they just have so many new guys, they really feel like they need to get to know their guys. Which gives me hope that even during the preseason games, like they're going to take them a little bit more serious because they really want to see what guys they have. And this is their only opportunity to measure them up against another team. Yeah, I mean, we've all wanted to see Scotty Phillips. So it definitely would be nice to be able to see him. Um, I, I don't see why we wouldn't see him in this game. Um, we know Lindsey Ingram and Johnson are making the team. So that fourth running back is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, outside of that, th- those are really the biggest things for me. Um, it's just, it's going to be exciting to know that we have Texans football. Um, I'm excited to go to games this year and just have fun. I don't know. I, the season's like so close. It's so exciting to know even with everything that's gone on with this organization for the last eight months like we're that close to football actually being here oh definitely i mean depending on how you look at this season if you just give up on wins and losses like I think that this season can has the potential to be a lot of fun like this may actually be the most fun preseason like i because we have no idea who's going to make the roster. Like, we really don't know what their philosophy on roster building is. They didn't take a lot of undrafted free agents, so does that mean they don't like rookies? But then they keep talking up the rookies after camp. So that's interesting. Like, how do, how do they actually view them? Um, and then the preseason itself, like, this is our first chance getting to see these guys work together as a team. I'm willing to bet if we made a roster prediction after this game, we – me and James will be the most wrong we've ever been on a roster prediction when they actually announce final cuts. I have no doubt on that. I, I think that this year there's going to be curveballs. I think um, somebody in chat mentioned Ryan Izzo. Like I didn't even mention him when I was talking about the tight ends, but that's right. He Izzo has been around in the NFL for a couple of years now. So he's made rosters before he's made, and he's been on a roster an entire season before no one's talking about him at camp. Is that because he's not doing anything or he's just boring and a known name? Like we really don't know yet. Yeah, I I agree. This is going to be one of those years where, um, to be honest with you, I think everybody is going to be off on their roster projections. I I just can't. There's so many new faces on this roster that it's just, it's going to be extremely hard to, to get it right. Um, I think you're going to have you'll, – you'll, you'll probably be pretty close to the starters, and then everything else beyond that is is, is going to be pretty much just 
a random roll of the dice because there's just too many things going on with this team from a roster perspective to um, really have a good understanding of what the roster is going to look like and who's going to be on it. So um, it's fun because we do have a lot of players that are new to the roster. So we'll get to see new players and hopefully we find a couple diamonds in the rough. I mean, that's kind of the thing that we've been preaching since free agency is just, you know, this season, you know, without Deshaun is, um, you want to find, you know, if you can four to five building blocks to carry you on to the 2022 season. Um, you know, we have an idea on who we think those might be, or at least a couple of them. Um, Eric, that's that's uh, Eric Collins uh, just wrote. I've struggled to find decent footage of Texans trend cam. That is a hundred percent. Everybody's struggling with it. I, yeah. I'm everything that I know is secondhand. Yep. So yep. A lot of it has to do with everybody is just worried about Deshaun. We're not getting the reports that we would normally get. Everybody, every every person in the media outside of two or three are all focused on Deshaun Watson. So you're not getting actual good training camp notes and videos and, and things of that nature, breakdowns. You're not getting any of that because the story that leads to clicks is Deshaun Watson. You're talking about the second or third tight end or the second and third linebacker is just not going to get you anywhere in the media. You need to be able to write a story about Deshaun so that you can meet your quota for the year. And that's why every press conference is Coley's asked four or five times about it. Um, they're hoping they catch him slipping. That's just what we've turned into, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, and then we on top of that, get some when he was inside the building for the five days, and yeah. and that we were starting <laughs> to get some right, and then he came back, and now it's just everything is Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun. Yeah, and I mean that's absolutely a tr- true story. Um, most of Twitter is dominated by what is Deshaun doing? So you're not getting the little, little snips. And then the Texans, um, I mean, PR department, bless them. Like I know that they have to do work with restrictions, but like, if you look at like the news and notes that put the DP Sadu puts out lots of times, that's contradictory to what Aaron Rice over at the athletic put out. And not to say that he's the end all be all. And I, I love Sarge, like Sarge is straight, and he's probably one of the best sources out there, but his he, he's only got a, a little bit. I mean, there's just not enough for one man to see everything. So you get contradictory reports, and then somebody that you do trust, he gives you good stuff, but not enough. So it's just it's hard to figure out what's going on in training camp. So it's going to be why the games this year are so important. The preseason games, for us at least, are so important. Yeah, I agree. I think that this will be really like the the starting of us being able to have the conversations that we're used to having around this time about, um, you know, players and roster spots and how they're performing and things of that nature. So I would expect a lot of people to kind of tune in uh, more than they have in the past um, for preseason football games. definitely all right um i think that's really about it for this week kind of a a shorter show than normal um but yeah i mean i'm excited we got football on saturday which means we'll be able to talk about it on tuesday uh which is always nice 
we are four weeks away from being able to recap live games, uh, which is just amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I hope all of you are enjoying the Jalen Green uh, stuff going on with the Rockets because you guys got yourself a hooper. Um, this kid's special. I hope you guys all understand how special this kid is. And if you don't by now, you will when the season starts. Um, I'll be, I'll definitely be following the Rockets quite a bit um, this season. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about Green. Who's the uh, the? Oh shoot, the um, Sagoon. Sagoon is that how you say it? Yeah. Like he he looks good, and all of the. I think I think that the Rockets rebuild is going to be a. the Rockets are going to be relevant before the Texans are. I hate to say it. The te- uh, the are. Rockets rebuild is going to be it's going to be quick. Uh, almost, I almost, I'm almost afraid they're going to be too good this coming year because they need one more kind of like draft to get one more piece. But either way, I think that they are going to be so much fun to watch this year. Yeah, I agree. They already are fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I agree 100. percent Plus the the media. For uh, for the Rockets is a lot better than the media for yeah. the Texans. Oh, yeah. a, a total, I mean, just a hundred percent difference. Um, they actually enjoy covering the team. It's it's really crazy. Yeah, no, it's exciting, and they're a lot more positive about it when it should have been really easy to just give up on the Rockets and dunk on them, especially with how things could have turned out and how close it, like that. Like we're a coin flip away, essentially, from not even having a dra- draft pick. Instead, we ended up with Green. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And Texan or Rockets Twitter the entire time was so incredibly positive about it. Yeah. Like that it was going to happen. Like it was just such a different feel. That's awesome. And I hope Texans Twitter can get back to that. Back to Back to even if we're bad, there's still that little bit of lightheartedness with it. There's still that optimism with it. Granted, this situation, let's be real. Like, there's nothing like, and yeah, John McClain is a, a fucking anchor. Like, even when things are going good, like, he's just whatever. But that almost that having fun with it. And I know Deshaun Watson and this whole situation and him being the hope and what every franchise always hopes for and is very rare that you actually get. That was Deshaun Watson and to have all this kind of flipped on us. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. But let's be honest, like none of us are going to give up on the Texans. We're going to still take our kids to the game. Like we talk, we may run our mouths and say other things, but the truth is we're going to. Like this is where we've built our, we've built friendships around like this is what our families talk about and socialize about like we're going to stick with the texans so hopefully we can get back to having fun with them and and not just this overall just gloom and doom and hate everything like we're a bunch of emo chicks back in high school yeah all right well um yeah, I guess it's a, you know what? I guess one more thing before we go. I would like to see everybody that is watching right now to drop a D if you think Deshaun Watson is a your starting quarterback week 1 or a W if you think he is not your starting quarterback week 1. D for starting quarterback, W for not starting quarterback. I want to see 
I want to kind of get a kind of a read of the room. I'd like to understand. We got two D's so far. Interesting. Okay. One, two, three, four D's, three W's. Hmm. So a mixed bag. Because nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. Dude, we could flip a coin. Like, we've the trolls have come out in force, if, if y'all can't tell. Um, so here's the thing. Nobody knows. Like, it's such a weird, weird situation. Nobody really knows. And Texans have, in the past, done things that don't necessarily make dollars and cents sense. Yeah. And this is absolutely one of those moments where I think that's the way they're going to go. Like, I, it would not, it absolutely would not surprise me if Deshaun's still on the roster and they just bench him. Like, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Like, that's definitely in the range of outcomes and being traded range of outcomes, him playing and starting range of outcomes. Like, all those are just as likely to happen. The only thing that I still think is least likely to happen is the Texans just cutting him that people have thrown out. Well, it looks like there's more people that think he will not be the starter. Interesting. Okay. All right. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for interacting. Uh, I guess we'll find out more uh, if he does half a practice tomorrow like he has the last two days. But no 11 <laughs> on 11 drills. So Eating up um, snaps, though, that somebody else could have taken. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, cool. All right, guys. Well, with that being said, make sure you guys follow us on all podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at HoustonFBPod. You can follow me at I at YoungRE underscore gold. You can follow John at, at John Wade, John A. Wade 3. Don't forget to follow the rest of Texans Unfiltered Crew. You can follow Patrick Storm at the, tech, at the Storm Report, I believe. And you can follow Jair at JRL Sports. Um, or JRLTU, sorry, he changed it a long time ago. Um, still getting back into the swing of things for me. Um, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Um, and the second show with Pat was supposed to be last Friday. I'm assuming it didn't happen, like I called. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm assuming maybe it'll happen this week. I don't know. We'll find out. I but... mean, the only thing that's a safe bet is I'll have it before – They'll have at least one show before the season starts. That's a safe bet. I don't even know if that's safe. I mean, that gives them four weeks and, you know, yeah, that gives them four chances to get one out. We'll see. We'll see. Um, All right. Well, with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week. (laughs) Go Austin Bills.